You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We're your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Welcome back to the show, my friend. If you're a returning listener and haven't hit that subscribe button yet, I might be kind of biased, but I think you kind of should. <laughs> and if you subscribe on whatever listening platform you choose, you'll be notified every time we drop a new episode twice a week. And if you want to be extra special, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love hearing what topics you love listening to most on the show, what guest interviews impacted you most, and what you look forward to just every Tuesday and Thursday on the show. We try and cater this show to serve you to the freaking best of our ability. So it truly means the world to hear your feedback and what you guys love most. So, all right, moving on. Today's guest needs absolutely zero introduction, but I'm going to give you one anyway, because she's incredible. And low-key, when we first started the show back in 2019 or November of 2019, when we wrote our list of dream guests we wanted to interview, this woman's name was on that list. And here we are. The day has come. Today, we had the honor of chatting with Morgan Harper Nichols. And boy, I swear, if you stop listening to this podcast right now, it will be a huge disservice to you because Morgan brought everything you'd expect from her and more. So Morgan Harper Nichols is a popular Instagram poet and artist who has created her life's work around the stories of others. Morgan's Instagram feed has garnered a loyal online community, and she is the author of All Along You Were Blooming and her most recent book, How Far You've Come. Known for its lyrical tone and vibrant imagery, Morgan's work is an organic expression of the grace and hope we've been given in this world. Morgan has also performed as a vocalist on several Grammy-nominated projects and written for various artists, including a Billboard number one single performed by her sister, Jamie Grace. Morgan is often on the road creating, teaching, and performing in hopes of spreading her unique inspirational message and inviting others along into her creative process. If you've been on Instagram for literally any amount of time, I can guarantee I can guarantee that you've seen Morgan's art and words either on your Explore page or shared via a friend. This woman has such a way with words and art that speaks to people's souls and makes them feel not alone in whatever they're going through. And today we chatted with her about how she became a writer and an artist, if she always saw herself pursue creativity as a career, where she gets her inspiration for her work from, her diagnosis with autism earlier this year, and advice for someone walking through a season of grief or unknown. We legit could have spent so long talking to Morgan, but her words today will speak so deeply to your heart, inspiring you all on your own journeys in big and beautiful ways. So without further ado, let's talk to Morgan Harper Nichols. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Morgan, it is such an honor and a joy to have you on today's show. We're so, so excited to be talking with you today. Well, it's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> of course. For anyone who is listening to this who is living under a rock and doesn't know the name Morgan Harper Nichols, which I would be shocked if there's anyone, but you know, there's people live their own lives. Uh, <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit about just who you are and your story and introduce yourself for anyone who's not familiar with you? Yes. Yeah, so I am an artist, a visual artist, and also music artist. And I write poetry and prose. And I do a lot of different artistic collaborations. <laughs> I have an app. I have a shop that has journals and all kinds of things. So a little all over the place, but at the same time, it's all kind of the same thing in different ways. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. I feel like yeah. it's it's unified. It has your stamp on everything that you do. It's, it's still like, it's cohesive. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. It doesn't always feel cohesive in the moment, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would love to start out by like, if anybody has seen, I think your artwork is, is probably the thing that probably gets the most widespread attention. I, I could be wrong on that, but I'm guessing that's true. Is that, am I accurate? 
You know, I'm not sure. I actually ask myself all the time, am I, I'm like, I, I'm like, am I an artist who writes or a writer right. who makes art? I'm like, I don't yeah. know. I'm like, <laughs> I, I've thought about this before and I feel like my poor husband, I've asked him this like every other day. I'm like, okay, yeah. if I were to back away and I just said one, what do you think people would want me to do? <laughs> and I actually Ooh. think I, I actually think I asked that at one point, like on an Instagram poll and it was like 50, 50. So oh, I, I think it's because they go so hand I, or hand in hand I, so well. It's like you yeah, can't you can't have one without the other. And because you incorporate them together so well. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, I guess my question was I know for me myself and then so many people, your work has inspired just so many people. And I would love to know like how did your journey as a writer and then also artist start? Like I would just love to know that deep dive. <laughs> Yes. So I grew up in a very creative, friendly home, I like to say, because as I've gotten older, I unfortunately have met a lot of people who were told that they were actually discouraged from being creative or to not be an artist. And so I'm very grateful that I have parents who told my sister and I, like, yeah, make stuff. Like My mom literally told my sister and I, make something new every day. And Mm. my parents were pastors and just seeing how they would kind of creatively do ministry. I was just around a lot of, yeah, let's come up with stuff. Let's try things, ideas. However, at the same time, I was also a lot more introverted and reserved. And I I struggled because I enjoyed being I, I enjoyed being a part of creative things, but I also simultaneously felt very overwhelmed. So writing kind of became like my safe space, I think. It was it was just from a young age, I just loved journaling. And till this day, the physical movement of moving my hand along a page, like that just calms me down. So mm-hmm. that was that was there always. But I didn't really have any type of plan for, oh, you should be an author one day. Like my mom would say that and other people would say, but I'm like, I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't really yeah. know how to make that happen. So um, yeah, I would say that the the writing was more more prominent. However, I, I have a lot of my journals from when I was a kid, and I was drawing the whole time, which is so funny to me because I wow. I, I kind of forgot that I was doing that. But I think the thing was, it's like I feel like everyone growing up, you know, that kid who's like really good at art. And yeah. I wasn't that kid. So <laughs> I, I knew that kid, and he was amazing. But I was like, I can't draw like him. So I'm not an artist. Um, so yeah, it's interesting because I was simultaneously interested in art, but for whatever reason, I just didn't share it very much. I would just kind of draw. And honestly, that persisted in, in different forms all the way in through my mid-20s. I was looking at a notebook that I had sophomore in college. Same thing. I was drawing flowers that look very similar to the flowers that I'm doing today, but I wouldn't have called myself an artist back then. So yeah, a lot of uh, writing and art throughout my whole life, but I went through different points of trying to make it a thing. I've had thousands of different blogs (laughs) under all (laughs) kinds of names and ideas. And it wasn't until I was in my mid-20s that the financial toll of having student loan debt and trying to be an artist full time and all of those things really made me kind of rethink the whole thing. And that's kind of what led me to where I am today of just like finding art in a way that I could end up, that would inevitably end up allowing me to make art in a way that was financially supportive so that was new. Um, yeah. But yeah, prior to that, and but even after, it's just been a lot of trying different things and, and kind of just being open to art and all of its mediums. Mm, I love that. I love too that, you know, your your family encouraged you in that. And yet even still, you kind of sat back and were like, well, I don't, I don't know. Like, is that actually you know, do I want to be an author? What does that look like? I don't know what that means. And I think that's really encouraging for a lot of creatives listening that you don't always necessarily like come out of the womb with a pen or paintbrush Mm -hmm. or whatever in your hand knowing, oh yes, this is what I will do for the rest of my life. You know, sometimes it's just something that comes from 
a place of joy or it brings you peace or, you know, whatever that looks like. And eventually it kind of involves into something different. And I think a lot of creatives can resonate really strongly with that. Mm, I, I totally agree. It's such a, it's so challenging because it, it there's not really like a, a clear roadmap for artists of any kind mm-hmm. yeah. because one technology alone makes everything change constantly. So yeah. you know, it's like advice that you may have read five years ago. It, it may have, it may change today. So it's, yeah. that can cause a lot of restlessness and anxiousness mm-hmm, around sure. how on earth can I do this? And it actually makes sense. So yeah, I, I totally understand that. I love that. So Morgan, when you were growing up, did you have it in the back of your head that you wanted to be an artist full time, that you wanted that to be your career? Or were you pursuing something else and just enjoying art and creativity on the side? Like, I guess maybe tell us a little bit more about the, the journey of like, was it anticipated or just kind of turned into it in that like pivotal season? Yeah, that's such a good question. You know, I would say, I've never quite said it this way, but I think it kind of sums up how I felt <laughs> as a kid. I wouldn't have used these words, but I I wanted to be an author or something, but only under certain conditions. I'm like, yeah. I want to be able to have like a a quiet, dark room that I can just like light candles and <laughs> just write, which I think is, this is so random, but I once, I once, um, I once read something about Taylor Swift when she was like in her early writing session days and someone said, yeah, she would just gravitate towards like the brightest room in the songwriting place and go right there. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, what does that mean? Oh, no. I'm, like, I'm like, give me darkness. Give me darkness. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> So, yeah, so I really struggled because I was just like, okay, I would love to be able to write or do something, but because I didn't necessarily feel like I could be like this charismatic, high energy person in the spotlight, I, I was sort of hesitant, if you will. So I was like, I don't know. So like being a preacher's kid, it's it's like, okay, you're singing solos at church. Like that was always super reluctant for me. I was like, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> my favorite place to be was my sister and I, we would do like the PowerPoint for the song lyrics. And I was like, yeah, this is where I want to be. Like nobody can oh. see me. I get to just like <laughs> make pretty backgrounds and put the, put the songs on the screen. I'm like, yeah, this is what I want to do. So I struggled a lot because even as I started to play instruments and I started to get better at like the craft, you know, in all these different ways, kind of, I felt like the expectation was like, well, you got to perform now, you know, you have to like be in front of people. And that was really hard for me. So I finally kind of gave in to at least trying (laughs) to be more in front of people. Um, when my younger sister started a full-time career in music. And in long-term, long story short, I essentially just kind of followed her around. And I was just like, okay, I I felt more comfortable doing things with my sister because that's someone I know. And she's more of a natural, more of a natural performer and felt way more comfortable on stage than I did. So yeah, I, I was like, yeah, when I have like a friend to do it with me, it's it's a lot, It's it feels a lot better. So I actually ended up being a touring musician and and playing live shows. I ended up with the record deal and I did that for about wow. five years. That's amazing. Wow. So that was kind of my first time of like, okay, this is kind of hard, but I feel like I could do it because... I do love writing songs. I do love connecting with people in a creative way. And that just seemed to be the way to do it at that time. So yeah, yeah, that was sort of the first big kind of, I would say, chapter of my life or chunk of my life where it was like, okay, let's, let's focus on this thing. And I kind of forgot one detail is that that actually started because I had a day job that I really liked and I had no plans on leaving, but the job was actually relocating and I couldn't move with it. So oh, wow. I was left with the option of like, okay, I got to do something. <laughs> and yeah. I didn't have 
you know, as many people have dealt with this, like I didn't have just like a bunch of jobs just lining up begging to hire me. So I had to get creative. And that was how I ended up on the road with my sister. Wow. wow. And then did that, was that before you started doing all of your own business stuff or was that after? Yeah. Yeah, that was before. So I did that for five, five-ish years or so. Um, and then I started to kind of phase out because as me and my sister and many other artists have learned, and especially female artists, like it can be very hard to get support and financial support to sustain a music career. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 unfortunate, but it's hard. It's it really yeah. is. And and that definitely is a part of my story. And I was just in a place where I was playing a lot of shows. I was doing a lot of stuff, but I was still like, how is rent going to get paid next month? And yeah. it was, and my, my husband, he was also working in the music industry on the tour manager side. And yeah, it was just a lot of freelance, a lot of back and forth, a lot of like, okay, this is working, kind of, <laughs> but at the same time, it feels really unsustainable. <laughs> um, what are we going to do? Or is it going to be this way forever? And it was in that season of like, is it going to be this way forever? That's when I started to um, journal more. And eventually that ended up leading to a poem. Wow. Can you like, just for anyone that doesn't know, can you paint that picture of like you starting to journal, you starting to do like, did you just open up Instagram one day and, and put it on Instagram? Did you like, what was the avenue to being like having like having the business that you have now. Yeah, so this may come as a surprise to some people, but it's true. I was am and am still am terrified of Instagram. Like <laughs> I I don't know how people like like I mean I know how, but like when I see people like sharing stories and sharing their lives on Instagram, I'm like I'm so scared. I'm like, <laughs> what if I do something? Like I'm just so I, I, yeah, I have a lot of anxiety around it. So I actually I was active on Instagram as a musician, and I would you know share about my art and you know I mean I'm sorry music art and touring and all that kind of thing, but I wasn't really sharing much else there, and I did not feel like I had. <laughs> permission to do that. Wow. It's so funny how we just kind of, you know, create these things in our head like, oh, you don't do that. And that was that was it for me. I was like, no, I, I'm just going to share this in my journal now. So that was a part of it. And then I had like literally like two or three other blogs at different times where I did sometimes have an Instagram page where I just didn't put my name on it. So wow. <laughs> I would do that. I, I do have a history of that because I would love to share, but I'm like, oh, it's too much pressure to like put my yeah, name on it though. I feel that. <laughs> so yeah, it took what actually made me get to the point of, all right, Morgan, put your name on it. That was um, when I ended up writing a poem in November, November of 2016 that poem ended up getting shared. I, I I actually did when I wrote the poem. At the last second, I decided to write my name on it. But then I thought about sharing it on Instagram, and I was like, no, that's too much pressure. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to share it on Pinterest instead. So I shared it on Pinterest, and then that following January, it had been repinned over 100,000 times. Wow. And people started posting it on Instagram. So that was it how... It got there anyway. <laughs> Yeah, that was how that started. I was like, well, I guess if other people are sharing, then I might as well too. Wow. That's I awesome. think that's so, so cool and so encouraging for other, I, I don't know if introverts is the right term, but other people who maybe like don't want their face. Don't love, yeah, yeah don't mm -hmm. love the idea of like, sharing their entire life on social media or, you know, mm -hmm. showing, putting their face doesn't come naturally on all things, you know, online marketing or whatnot. I think it's just, it's always so cool to see, you know, someone like you, Morgan, who you are thriving, you are reaching hundreds and thousands of women and just people, humans, creatives, and speaking so poignantly to people's hearts and their souls. And yet to hear you, you know, sit here and be like, Instagram still stresses me out. Like yeah. <laughs> I still don't like love it in certain ways. And that's just so refreshing to hear that, you know, the person listening to this, who's like, I just hate the pressure of showing up online. It, it mm -hmm. brings anxiety. Like they're not alone yeah. and you can, you can speak so 
beautifully to that is just, it's just so cool. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for for <laughs> expressing that because that that is really important to me. And and I think one of the biggest things that I've I've learned from this, and you know, you kind of touched on this thing, like you know, the pressure to share your whole life online. I've yeah. I've just realized it's like, you know, you there's a way that you can be vulnerable about a part of yourself, but that doesn't mean you have to share all of yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's mean you have to share all of yourself with strangers on the internet. And yeah. I, I had a conversation with a friend a few years ago who was very in a similar place of like, oh, I want to share, but I don't know what to share. And I just thought, I was like, you like plants, right? I was like, you can literally just show your plants. I'm like, just talk <laughs> about your plants. And she started doing that and and she enjoys it. And I was like, yeah, wow. I mean, every now and then you can share your face when you when you feel like it, but there's no... There's no like formula. It, it's it's interesting. It's like if there is a formula, it changes every five minutes. It so, really is. Yeah, true. <laughs> so it's impossible. It's like you cannot beat the algorithm. Like yeah. none of us can com- compute numbers the way that an algorithm can. So true. don't even waste your time. You'll never be on that level. Yeah. So, and that's okay. You're human yeah. and yeah. you don't have to be a computer. You're not a computer. So yeah. just be a human. For and sure. if you're a human who wants to take photos or, or post about what books that you love to read, yeah. um, that's okay. Well, and I think the beauty, so a lot of our audience is probably similar to us. And me and Evie do share our face a lot and we teach personal branding a lot, but it's always from a place of of giving value. And I think you're such a beautiful example of somebody who is still giving value and you don't have to share, you don't have to speak necessarily that value or show your face. You don't have to show up in a video if that's not comfortable for you. Like, I just think you just created such a, uh, what is the word I'm trying to think of? Like a, a, not legacy, but like well, maybe legacy, just like a path for people to like watch that is like, oh, I don't have to be an extrovert that's like bouncing off the walls to be successful. <laughs> like you're still showing up and giving them value in a way that works for you and your personality and your heart and honestly what you're so, so, so talented at. So yeah. I think that and just create yeah. connection. Yes. Mm, Which I well, think thank you. is so much a part of your work, which kind of leads me to the next question. You literally, in my opinion, are one of the most eloquent, wise, inspiring women that I like follow and look up to. And I would love to know where does the inspiration, and it probably comes from a lot of places, but where in general does the inspiration for your poems and your art and just all the encouraging messages that you write come from? Mm, yes. Well, thank you. Well, thank you for saying that. That means a lot. And, you know, honestly, I, you know, I'm super grateful for, you know, anyone who who says that they find wisdom in my words. I'm, I'm super grateful for that Um, because I feel like in many ways I, I stand on the shoulders of a lot of other people <laughs> and a mm, lot of other yeah. writers and artists who've come before me. So I, I read a lot. I've been, during the pandemic the past year, I've been growing my home poetry collection. (laughs) I've been expanding my home library, and that's been really fun to to kind of Mm. focus on that. And the one thing I love about poetry is because I'm I'm a parent. I have a little one. My son's almost two. Mm. And life is really busy at home, and I don't always have time to sit down and read a whole book cover to cover. But the amazing thing about poetry is that you can flip open to a poem and just read it and it means yeah. something to you. So I spend a lot of time taking in a lot of poetry, taking in a lot of words, listening to audiobooks, listening to podcasts. I also listen to like my favorite audiobooks over and over. Like one of my mm-hmm. favorites is um, Writing Down the Bones by Natalie Goldberg. And I mean, I think I've listened to it all the way through six or seven times. Wow. <laughs> so I am I am a firm believer in just in just taking things in and not even always worrying about like just trying to take notes and retain everything you learn. Just sort of take in wisdom, take in the words of other writers that you enjoy and mm-hmm. and eventually you'll look at your work and you'll see wow, there's like ripple effects of what they did that's in my work as well. So 
yeah, I I'm kind of obsessed with that. I I'm always looking for a, a new book to read, something to dive into because I it's just incredible. It's like we have all these people who have spent hours upon hours at typewriters, at in journals, at computers, writing these beautiful books. And when you read them, you feel, you know, you feel connected to those messages. So yeah, mm. I spent a lot of time reading and taking in. And then I also spend a lot of time taking in a lot of art. So I've become like over since 2018, I have I have a Pinterest, a private Pinterest folder for every year that I just 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 kind of dump every little thing that I like wow. <laughs> artistically. It could be it could be the exact shade of yellow of a stripe of 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 the paint on the road that stood out to me <laughs> or paintings or the the color of the blue on a certain book cover it's it's all over the place super unorganized but yeah when i when i have those moments where i sit and i'm like getting ready to scroll through my phone i try to train myself to scroll through that kind of scroll through all of the art that mm. i've been collecting and just take it in Wow. I love just hearing how your brain works, Morgan, and it probably sounds really creepy, but just hearing the way that you receive the inspiration and even that random Pinterest board that, you know, is an encouragement, I think, to other creatives to just look around you at everything that you're seeing daily, you know, ingesting, being intentional with what you're ingesting and those books that you're reading or you know, how you're utilizing like Pinterest or even social media. If somebody wants to create, you know, a, a saved folder on your Instagram or something like that, where something sparked some sort of emotion or creative idea or, you know, something and being alert and having those eyes out, I think is just so cool. And speaking of authors and loving reading, you just came out with a new book, which is titled, sorry, I had to look at my notes, How Far mm -hmm. We've Come. I was confusing your first and your second book, <laughs> How Far We've Come. Oh, and I would love to just hear a little bit about like, where did the inspiration for that book and even for that title come from? Yes. So thank you. I started writing, working on this book at the beginning of the first lockdown last year, which was just such a weird time to work on a book because I was like, I have no idea what to say. I don't know what's ahead. Just like no one else knows what, what's ahead. So how do I even write anything that makes sense? So I was really struggling um, because when I get stuck, the first thing I love to do is to go somewhere and everything was closed. So I was just like, all right, I have no idea what to do. I'm really running out of ideas. And I, for whatever reason, I just ended up scrolling through my phone and looking at some past trips that I had taken. And I ended up on this photo that I've, I've spent a lot of time with. I've created color palettes from this photo. I, I just, I love it. And it's a photo I took on my iPhone in leaving Albuquerque, New Mexico at sunrise. And it's just the rock faces are just really beautiful. And the sky was opening up. And I was looking at that photo and I was like, I was like, isn't that interesting that I, I have, I, I love this photo so much and I have so many positive associations with it. And at the same time, it was a part of my life that was really hard. Like at the time that photo was taken, I was just dealing with so many uncertainties with just being a touring musician and financial insecurity. And it was just so much on me and I was so overwhelmed. And I was just thinking about how I'm like, there's got to be moments, other moments in my life that have been like this, where even though I was struggling, I the landscape itself that I was on was beautiful and it was teaching me something, something that I may not have been able to see at the time. So because I couldn't travel anywhere, I started just going through my phone's camera roll. And if you have an iPhone, they have like, if you go to your photo album, there's like where you can look on, look at the map and see the actual, you know, geotag of every photo that you've taken. And mine's is somehow miraculously synced for like eight years. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a lot of photos to look at. And I started noticing that 
this road trip that I've taken many times from Georgia, where I grew up, to California, where I was living at the time, there were so many stories like that, where I was somewhere that was beautiful to me, or it had some kind of like aesthetic significance. And at the same time, there was this whole other thing going on internally. So Mm -hmm. that led me to creating these eight sections that starts in Georgia, where I grew up, and it goes eight states all the way to California. And of just looking at the beauty and courage of each of those landscapes. And as I started writing, I just started thinking about all of the stories that people have shared with me over the years and just wanting to create something that honors our journey and and the fact that we've all come really far. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. The actual physical miles that we've traveled, even if you've only ever been 20 in a 20 mile radius of where you grew up. Like when you think about the sheer amount of times that you left your home and come back and all of that, you've traveled so many miles. Yeah. And that happens in the in the larger picture too. So yeah, that's a little bit of how far you have come. I like how that's even that title's reflective of a road trip, which is reflective mm-hmm. of a journey, whether physically in the car or in life. Um, I think there's just beautiful parallels there. Mm. I, I love that. <laughs> I think Thank you. I think you're just in your work and then even in this book, you're really good at preaching about holding space for the moment that you're in right now and appreciating it. Even in that mm. photo, you like looked back at that photo and you're like, I was in a dark time or just a rough time, but mm. I can appreciate the beauty from that moment. And mm. so I, I would love to know what's your advice on how to find, I guess, contentment in a season that you're in, even if that season is hard or dark, or you're going through the thick of it, or you're wishing for something more, maybe you're not where you're wanting to be right now. Like, how? what would you say to somebody that's in that season of just hardness or discontentment? Yes. Well, yeah, one, I, I I so, I mean, my heart is just so connected to that question because that's a place that I've been in in many different times in my life. And kind of going back to the book really quick, the photo that I mentioned um, that inspired the whole book is actually now the cover. Oh, wow. And, uh, the cover of the book. And I was, I was so, I insisted that that was a cover. I was like, it has to be. And it um for me is symbolic of this and that when i took that photo i was not i was not an artist i was not doing any of the things i'm doing right now but yet there was something in me that said this is a beautiful moment capture it i wasn't sharing moments like that on instagram i wasn't selling art prints in a store i didn't have products in a store i didn't have any of that stuff but it was like just take just take in this moment take this photo just let it be beautiful for what it is, even though there's all of these other things in your life that are not figured out. So every time I look at that photo, I think, okay, what photos can I take right now that are going to have that same impact? What things can I record right now that I'm going to look back five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years from now and see, wow, isn't that amazing? Isn't that so beautiful how you still manage to find the joy in every day? Mm-hmm. So. That's what I, I hope for everybody is to take a bunch of photos, <laughs> to take every little thing that you find funny, um, take a screenshot of it, hold it, hold every little moment, no matter how how silly it seems. And I think it's so important to have, I do this just kind of like as a practice, especially as someone who shares professionally now and is a full-time artist. I have photos that I take that I when I take, I say, I'm not going to share this with anyone. Like, this is just for me. This is not going to get turned into an art piece right now. <laughs> and I think that that's a really good practice because I think that we sometimes forget just how, just how beautiful it is to just have that moment without mm-hmm. needing everybody else's feedback on it. It's like... Yeah. This is your moment. You had it. Like you, you enjoyed the sunrise. You enjoyed this cup of tea. It helped you slow down in this moment. And that's enough. And yeah. I just think that everybody is, I, I just want that for everybody. <laughs> I just yeah. want everyone to have those little moments throughout their day that just help them find joy and help them remember what's possible, you know, even if it takes time for it to fall into place. Mm. 
We wanted to interrupt this episode real fast to chat about counseling. Now, counseling is so often stigmatized in a negative way, and it absolutely should not be. Because Evie and I so firmly support counseling in all stages of life, we were so excited when BetterHelp, an online counseling company, reached out to us to be a sponsor on the show. We were able to try it ourselves for a bit, and our experiences were incredible. I was even able to go on and fill out a full list of information about myself, my desires in a counselor, including religious beliefs, and more. I was matched with an amazing counselor who shares my worldview, and I absolutely loved the ability to put preferences like that down on the questionnaire. Something else we genuinely loved about BetterHelp is that they offer four ways to get licensed counseling. Video sessions, phone calls, live chat, and messaging. It's honestly incredible. If you've been contemplating counseling but are feeling lost on where to start, we definitely recommend BetterHelp. We both had great experiences with them and have so many friends also loving their services. So we have an affiliate link for you today for 10% off your first month. Just go to www.betterhelp.com forward slash heart and hustle. Hey, hey, if you are new here and haven't heard about our online resource shop, ooh, listen up. The Heart Shop is a digital resource and template shop for creative entrepreneurs and photographers. There are so many goodies for creative entrepreneurs in the shop, like website templates, PDF guide templates, illustrations to enhance your brand, and lots more. But one thing in particular we made sure to add was contract templates. Y'all, the horror stories we have heard in our years of business is unmatched and a little terrifying. (laughs) Clients refusing to pay after you've delivered a service, clients demanding their retainer back after canceling on you last minute. The list goes on. Business shouldn't feel like you're walking on eggshells though. And yet that's how most of us feel when we first start our business. We're petrified to make a wrong move or have an unhappy client. Okay. But here's the truth. One of the first foundational steps of owning your own business should be protecting yourself legally with contracts. Yes, yes, even for friends and family. Contracts allowed us to walk in confidence as we grew our photography businesses. But also, hiring a lawyer to create custom contracts for you is a pain in the butt and the wallet. And grabbing whatever free or cheap template online is often not enough protection. Yes. So we wanted to make this as easy and seamless for you as possible and give you the resources to make sure you have your butt protected. We have partnered with our favorite lawyer and attorney, Paige, from the legal page. She has not only created powerful contract templates, but her team is so present and ready to help figure out which ones you need for your business. You can stack our contracts in our shop like the wedding photography contract, destination intimate wedding contract, cancellation and rescheduling bundle, second shooter and associate contracts, and honestly, so much more. Just head to theheartcontracts.com for 10% off. That's theheartcontracts.com. I don't know why that just hit my heart so deep. And I feel like I've actually was just having a conversation with the Lord about that yesterday or this morning. And I'm just in like a life season of so much happening and a lot of it really good, a lot of it really hard. There's just so much happening. And a few things like I can't share publicly online right now just because of like certain things in marketing and just timeline of stuff. And I noticed myself wanting to go take a photo or a video of a certain moment and thinking, oh, well, I shouldn't take that because I can't share it on Instagram yet or online yet. And the Lord spoke to my heart and was like, is everything that you document for other people to see? Mm -hmm. And it was just this, this moment of, oh, like so much, I think, especially as, as like online, you know, people with, a brand that we're marketing or a business that we're promoting or, you know, a personal brand that I'm sharing a lot of my life. It's, it's so easy to become almost uh, conditioned to documenting or creating purely for other people's eyes. And what you just said, Morgan, of, of documenting just for us to, you know, look back on that season, to embrace that moment, to see the beauty in that moment, or, you know, there's such beauty and power and and joy in just Mm -hmm. documenting for us to see and to look back on in the future as well. I love that so, so, so much. Mm, Well, thank you. And, and I can, I can totally relate to what you shared because, you know, I think it gets even harder once you, become, you know, a professional or or someone who has a career in something that has to do with, you know, social media in some capacity. Mm-hmm. It's because it's like, okay, you do want to be involved and make sure you're on top of things. And yeah. It's like, 
it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot to manage that while also yeah. simultaneously giving ourselves the grace to say, hey, it's okay though. I'm just going to have this moment for myself. So yes. yeah, that's something I, I can completely understand. I think everyone can love that. take away that nugget of wisdom that yeah. just happened. Because <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, that's so relatable. Morgan, I'd love to pivot a little bit. And I know you recently shared on social media, which maybe that's a, a whole step in vulnerability for yourself. But earlier mm-hmm. this year, you shared that you were diagnosed with autism. So my question is, would you be willing to share a little bit of that story and just the stigmas around autism and how you're resting just in your heart and mind with that diagnosis? Yes, of course. Yes. So I, since I was younger, my parents thought that it could be a possibility that I was um, on the autism spectrum. However, it's um, back in the 90s and of course, even further back from then, it was really hard for especially girls to get diagnosed um, because a lot of the studies have been around boys and there just wasn't a lot of research out there. So mm-hmm. I didn't, it didn't get very far. And I honestly grew up just always feeling like I wasn't quite getting everything in the same way that others were. So autism is developmental and neurological in it, and it affects everything from your social and communication abilities. And oftentimes, um, you know, the important word with autism is the word spectrum because it's different for everybody. But a lot of people, autism, including myself, deal with a lot of sensory issues. So I was just dealing with all of this stuff, but I didn't have a name for it. And I just assumed, I'm like, oh, well, maybe I just need more sleep or maybe I'll grow out of it or maybe it's because I'm on my period. Like all kinds of stuff (laughs) I would just say and just assume that, okay, I'm just, I need to fix these things myself. Yeah. But when I got, when I turned 27, I was just sort of looking at a lot of, especially a lot of the social and communication stuff that I was struggling with. I was just thinking, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to grow out of this. I'm like, I'm in my late 20s now. I don't, I think I've kind of reached that point of like (laughs) growing out of something. (laughs) So I was like, I wonder if this could be a possibility. So I went to my primary care doctor and I, and I asked him, I was like, Hey, I think it could be possible that I'm autistic on on the spectrum. I was like, I don't even know what that looks like. I was like, I barely know anything. I just want to talk to someone, just, you know, get some more information. And he just shot me down right away. It was like, you have nothing to worry about. Like you're perfectly normal. And like, okay, guy, like this is only your second time seeing me. (laughs) You barely even know me. But unfortunately, I took his word and I just walked out of that office thinking, well, I guess it's whatever's wrong with me is my problem to fix. And clearly it's my responsibility. And it took until last year where the TikTok algorithm decided for whatever reason to show me some videos of women who had been diagnosed with autism as adults. And it was through their videos that I really saw myself. And I I was like, these these women are describing my whole life. So that's what actually gave me the courage to pursue uh, a diagnosis or just talk to a specialist at least. So that began a whole several month process of getting diagnosed. And when I received the diagnosis, I wasn't sure that I was going to share it with everyone. I mm-hmm. I really didn't know. Like if someone asked, just asked me just, you know, plainly after receiving the diagnosis, like, are you going to share this publicly? I just would have said, I don't know. I have I have no idea. I am dead in the middle of sharing or not sharing. I, I don't know what to do. And I received the diagnosis on a Saturday and I obviously told my family and I I, I couldn't, I was so overwhelmed. I couldn't talk to my family. So I just put everybody in a group text and I'm like, hey guys, I know you probably wanted a phone call, but I just can't do that right now. And I just kind of info dumped this long diagnosis on everyone. And I mean, they obviously knew I was going in this process, but it was just... I think that was kind of the first step that kind of led me toward, okay, maybe you should share it because they were just so supportive and that just let me know, okay, if you share this, no matter what happens from sharing it, you at least have a family that is supportive of you. 
which unfortunately that's not always the case with autism, yeah. especially just because, um, especially like one component of autism is a concept called masking, where you learn how to mask your autistic traits so you can kind of blend in in society. So because of that, a lot of autistic people deal with like, well, you don't look autistic, like you don't act autistic. And it's like, no, it, it doesn't work that way. So unfortunately, a lot of people deal with that. So I'm I'm very grateful that I don't have that in my family and that everyone was really supportive. Right. So that following Thursday, for whatever reason, I just woke up and I was like, okay, I need to share it today. <laughs> like it wasn't like a buildup or anything. I I didn't think about sharing it, but that that following Thursday, I believe it was, I was like, I, today's the day. I'm going to talk about it. Wow. So I had I had other things to do, but I set them aside and I just sat there for hours trying to figure out how to talk about this in a in a um I actually wrote it as a really long blog post and I just like kind of info dumped it on my, <laughs> on my website. But the hardest part was trying to get it down to like the character limit for <laughs> Instagram. Yeah. Story I, of my life. I spent like two hours on that part alone. (laughs) What do I like even say? Like, how do I sum up my whole life in this, you know, 2200 characters? So yeah, that was a a whole experience, just even trying to say it. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, once I press published, I mean, from that moment forward, I mean, and never since, it's just been continually receiving messages and hearing from people who are who are either on the same journey or just not getting the support and just, you know, felt seen in what I said. And yeah, I'm just so, I'm so grateful that that was the the result of that. I, I did not know what was going to happen. Um, it was definitely a huge, huge practice of, of vulnerability for sure. Mm. I love just even hearing, you know, your journey with it, but also just once you shared the the impacts that that had and, you know, the fact that so many people were touched or spoken to or felt less alone. And I think in everything that you do, Morgan, that's like, that's you. Every single thing I ever see from you is just, oh, wow, like this is connecting with people. Even if in that moment, somebody reads it and it's not 100% for them, they still somehow connect to it and or know, oh, this is for, you know, my friend who was going through it and they can share it with their friend. And I think it's just so cool to see how you're utilizing, you know, every part of your life and your journey and your story around the the central mission of of impacting people and changing their lives and creating a safe space of of rest of peace of joy of community of belonging and how you know God's utilizing that in everything from your life story and your recent diagnosis all the way through you know growing up around art and creativity and and music mm. and all of it it's just it's such a beautiful story that I'm sure is just going to continue as well in the future. Mm, well, thank you. That that means a lot to to hear that. And that's mm. definitely my hope. <laughs> well, I would love to hear if you are down to share, since you are just like so known for for impact, for reaching people, for speaking so deeply to where they are in their lives. Do you have like a specific story from someone who whose life was really impacted or changed from your work or, you know, I guess just how your work has tied in with other life stories in a way that just wrecked you or blessed you or anything that you'd be willing to share with us? Oh, wow. That's such a, such a good question. You know, it's, it's so, it's so funny because as you were saying that, I just had like, so many stories flash before my eyes. Yeah. I'm like, that's, that's not awesome. what she said. She said one, one more than not 50. Well, we're, we're down for as so, many as you want. <laughs> I think for me, one of the most, I, I tried to narrow it down to like moments where I literally just did not know what to say. Like mm. I just, I was just at a loss for words. I couldn't move. I was like, what just happened? 
was when I I was at an event back in 2019 and I was, it was like one of my first speaking engagements ever. <laughs> and I was just meeting people afterward. And this woman walked up to me and she, she um like put her phone like in front of me and was like, look. And she was like, you made this for me. And I had, um so, you know, if people don't know. So the thing is, is I invite people to send me DMs and emails and I respond with poetry and art. Mm-hmm. And when I'm receiving, this is especially true with email. If I'm receiving it via email, a lot of times I'm not seeing names or faces. Like I'm just seeing email address from the submission form. So I haven't seen a lot of the faces that I've written for. So I'd never seen her before. I, I didn't didn't know who she was. But the second I saw that art and I could still see this moment happen like in my mind super clearly, I and I saw her holding the phone and I saw her face. I her whole story just like came back to me. I remember the whole process of creating it. It was the weirdest thing. I've never had a moment like that before. Like it was like the whole experience from opening her message, reading her story, making the art, sending it to her, like all of that just kind of flooded my mind. And that does not happen with my art. I make a lot of art. I don't remember making (laughs) a lot of the pieces that I make. I know I made it, but I don't remember the whole process of making everything I've ever made. But yeah, it it just played like the slow motion movie in my mind. And for me, that just stood as like a, a reminder of just like the power of connection and and how it kind of transcends like what we think is possible. It's like that you can cr- connect with someone that you never met before in, in this really real way. So that was a special moment. And then I'm going to cheat. Another one that I had. <laughs> yes. We're here for it. <laughs> at the very beginning of last year, 2020, it's just like January 2020, I had shared like a artistic prompt on um, my Instagram story and it didn't really get a ton of feedback. And I was just like, oh, nobody cares about this stuff. Like people just want to see the art. They don't want to see the process. Like stop sharing the you know process. And I was just kind of down about it. And because I spent a lot of time on it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I created this whole little mini tutorial thing. And I'm not saying that no one saw it, but it just, you know, it didn't really, it didn't really connect how I thought it was going to. So the next day, I was at a a book signing for my last book, and these two middle school girls walked up to me with their phones, and they had done the whole project. And wow. like with several photos, like it was a product using a project using photos on your phone with like several photos on their phone. We were like, we were, they were like, we were up all night working on this. And <laughs> here's what we created. And they had created this whole gallery of art, and they were so happy about it. And that was just such a moment of like, okay, that's why I do what I do. Like I did, yeah. I did that whole thing for those two girls. Like yeah. if no one else did it. That's fine. That was so that they could have that moment together because I remember what middle school was like, and that was an incredibly yeah. awkward time. And <laughs> it's so nice to have those moments of joy in that time. So yeah, those are some of my favorites. That's awesome. Oh. And I think that, that especially that second one is I mean, even the first one is such a good reminder that the work that we're doing that we don't think matters or or just because it seemingly maybe got less likes on social media or less coverage or whatever, we automatically as- associate that to like, oh, no one cares or no one saw it or no one got anything out of it. And I oh. think both of your stories are just so impactful of like a reminder for me and I'm sure everyone listening, like just show up and create and use the talent that the Lord has given you because you have no idea who's going to be impacted by that and whose stories and lives you could change by just showing up and being you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. I love that. All right. One of our last questions. I would love to know what advice would you give to a listener that's maybe walking through their own painful season of brokenness right now? Maybe they're going through the thick of it and they don't see hope or they don't see just the redemption on the other side, what would, I guess, what advice would you give them today? Mm. I think the first thing that comes to mind is 
to take the pressure off yourself to figure out the right way to navigate through this. Um, I think that's the biggest thing because Mm -hmm. there is no one way. Like there is no, okay, if you're processing grief or if you had an extreme loss or or anything like here's what you should do that doesn't exist and it's like if it feels hard that's because it is you've literally never been here before so take the pressure off yourself to do it the right way and know that there's grace for navigating through this every day every hour one at a time and if you have some days where all you want to do is sit on the couch and watch Netflix and not respond to text messages right away, you can do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if there are other days where you're like, okay, I can call someone, I can do this, I can do that, and do that. But, you know, there's no there's no template, there's no one way to navigate through this. And, you know, one day you'll look back and you'll see that you, you navigated through it in the way that you were meant to. Mm-hmm. And that's what ultimately matters. Ugh, you'll I see you'll see how far you've come. Did you oh. see what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, I love that. Morgan, you are incredible. I feel like I could sit here and talk to you and learn from you and listen for hours. Um, but I would love to hear, this wasn't a question we put on your list, but it's a question we really love to ask pretty much every single one of our guests. And I would love to hear your answer to it because I feel like you would have something super cool and just, I don't know, deep to say. For oh, no, the pressure of love. <laughs> yeah, no pressure, by the way. Oh just bringing, gosh, bringing the a question. Thing I, <laughs> bringing a question at the end that I'm anticipating a good deep answer to. No pressure. <laughs> I would love to hear, though, what you feel has been one of the biggest lessons that you've learned in in business, just in growing this this business of yours. Mm. Oh, I actually do have a pretty serious uh-huh, answer solid. for that. <laughs> She's like, oh, wait, oh, I'm Morgan Harper-Nichols. Hold my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Learn how to listen to other people's ideas. That is literally how I'm able to do what I did. So um, do what I do. So the main source of revenue for what I do is my online shop. Mm -hmm. And I cannot take credit for it. It was actually my husband's idea who said, you should sell your art. It's eight by 10 prints. And I was like, I don't want to do that. And he's like, (laughs) I think it could be a good idea. I've looked up the shipping. I've looked at it. He just went on and on and on and on. And And I was like, oh my gosh, My, my husband does like barely use a social media. So I was just like, <laughs> what does he know? I'm like, this isn't going to work. I was very wrong. Wow. Within a month and a half, this was, I, we were pregnant with with my son. Well, I, I was pregnant. He wasn't pregnant with him, but <laughs> I was pregnant with my son and we were expecting him to come in the next month and a half. And in that frame of time, he was able to leave the work that he was doing in construction. And we wow. both went full time with my shop, with healthcare wow. and everything. Wow. Um, I was very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and since that moment, I've decided, I'm like, yep, you know, I'm an artist. I've got a lot of ideas, but other people have lots of good ideas too. So when wow. I decided to uh, bring stickers into my shop, I was like, I don't know, do people still like stickers? And I was getting comments. Yes, we want stickers. So that's why we did stickers. I have an app that was someone else's idea. They approached me and I like what they had. And I said, okay, let's do it. Um, I have, I've been able to have journals and, and planners in like big retail stores. And that wow. came from collaboration. Other people reaching out saying, hey, here's what we could do. And I was like, wow, they know a lot more about this than me. Like, I have to learn from them. Like, let's see what we can do together. So that mm-hmm. is, I honestly think, like, even if you're just starting out and people are leaving comments, pay attention to those comments. Yeah. Like people, <laughs> other people have ideas. Just keep your eyes and ears open and you'll be so surprised at, at the power of collaboration. Mm, that's amazing. That's so good. That's <laughs> well, so good. <laughs> Morgan, thank you so much for giving us the, just this hour and blessing our ears and anyone's ears who's listening to this. If anybody 
wants to find you if they don't already, which they probably do, but could you <laughs> shout out your your socials, your store, your where they can get your book, all the things? Oh, yes. Well, thank you. So I am Morgan Harper Nichols pretty much everywhere. So that is MorganHarperNichols.com, Morgan Harper Nichols on Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, YouTube. And yeah, that's where you can find me. I hope we can meet somewhere on the interwebs. Yes. Morgan, thank you so, so, so much. We, this has been a dream come true to have this conversation with you. Oh, well, thank you for having me. It's been such a joy. <laughs>